I know everybody thinks, hey, I'm going to be a YouTuber. That's cool. I'm going to make a lot of money, right? The first full year that I was on YouTube, right, and I worked seven days a week. The first full year, I think I made $400. Right? Oh, my now, God. You're listening to Art Heroes Podcast, the show to help you thrive as a digital artist. Tune in to learn how to transform your passion into a career. Get inspired by other kick-ass 2D and 3D artists and find out what it takes to be an art hero. Hello, hello, dear tribe, boys and girls. This is Maria JD. I'm your host at Art Heroes Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning back in this week. This week, we're going to have a pretty unusual guest for us. And we're going to talk with Mike Hermes from MH Tutorials YouTube channel about building and growing a YouTube channel to, I think, about 120,000 followers. Pretty much every one of us artists can share their knowledge and skills on YouTube and potentially make money with this. But is it actually that easy? What it actually takes to do so? Well, let's talk to Mike. Enough of me here. All right, we're now live, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. Uh, today we're having Mike Hermes from Mike Hermes Tutorials, and many of you probably already know at least the voice, right, Mike? Uh, it could be, could be. It could at be. Some, at some point, people started to recognize my hairdo. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, well, thank you so much, Maria. I mean, uh, I think it's really awesome to be in the podcast. Uh, I know a bunch of uh, famous people that you have interviewed, so I'm very humbled. And, oh my uh, God, no, Mike! Come on, the pleasure is all mine, definitely. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's do this. Cool. Let's do this. So, uh, Mike, before we actually uh, jump in the content, and there we have quite a few things to cover today, uh, maybe we could start with an intro. And uh, um, I would love if you could uh, introduce yourself and what you do now, and maybe a little bit about your business too. Wow, uh, where to start? Well, um, as you mentioned, uh, my name is Mike Hermes. Um, I am Dutch born, but grew up in Canada. And I lived there until I was a teenager. And then my parents decided we're gonna go to Holland. And I had no idea what a Holland was, never heard of it. So I had to look it up. I didn't speak the language and it was kind of horrible for a while. But once I got used to it and once I got the language down, it was uh, fine and it's a beautiful small country. And I've been living here for you know quite some time. Now, uh, although I live in Holland, I do travel a lot and I used to travel a lot for business, but I'll get into that in a second. And um, yeah, the reason why I'm in 3D, it's, uh, it's kind of a long story. I don't know if you want me to jump into that straight away. Well, I already know that your um, your addiction to 3D started with the Toy Story, so that's as much as I know. <laughs> well, okay. Well, it's, it started uh, a long time before that, but let me get into what I do now sure. first. So God, people Let's go for it. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a freelance 3D artist. Uh, I'm also a, a coach slash mentor for people that are, are you know, uh, upcoming 3D artists. Uh, but mainly from the business side of things. Now I do coaching on actual 3D work. So I teach people, you know, one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, modeling skills and all that. Uh, but more importantly, I help people to develop their 3D skills towards a business model. So they can actually, you know, work freelance or 
find a successful job and uh, you know work for a studio for example right so uh, that's what I do a lot um, and I have a YouTube channel uh, I have been making tutorials for the last seven years uh, I do that professionally now current subscriber count is something like uh, almost 120,000 so yep. that's kind of cool that's the number and, that was uh, there this morning when I was checking. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I make at least two videos a week. Uh, most of them are tutorials, but some of them are also uh, business-related, so kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, uh, how do you set up a business plan? How do you deal with clients? All that kind of stuff, right? And the main reason why I actually do this is because when I started out, there was nobody to ask. Right, there was no YouTube. There wasn't anybody around that could help out. Right, and I simply didn't have the means to, you know, go to college and, uh, you know, without a scholarship or anything like that. So I basically had to figure everything out myself, and that took like forever. Right. Yeah. So uh, why am I, I not surprised? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and I decided at some point after having. You know, I don't want to use the word successful career, but, you know, successful in the sense of that I accomplished the things that I wanted to, not necessarily monetary, but, you know, in general. And I thought, you know, it's kind of cool to see if I can help people that are new in the industry that are living in a location where they don't have the means to go to college, where they don't have the funds to go to college, you know, or, or they have any other restriction to still get that message out there and still help them to get started. And uh, a lot of people think if you're a YouTuber, you're a millionaire. Well, I'll, I'll burst that bubble in a second, right? But the prize for me is the emails that I get. I get, you know, I've been at it for seven years. So I've seen people go to college and graduate from college and get hired and work in studios or work as independent artists, right? I've seen their whole career develop over the last seven years. So I get emails from people basically saying, you know, hey, I started watching your videos seven years ago and now I own my own studio. Now, how cool is that, right? Pretty so impressive. I'm sure, like, I'm sure that's an, a great feeling to have being oh, it, a part of somebody's success. It is. It is uh, for sure. And, um, you know, a lot of people are, on one hand, really excited to get onto YouTube and do their thing there, right? Because that's a new thing. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of people are also very scared because, you know, um, if you're on social media and people that are watching your videos, it's kind of quite anonymous, right? So people can basically troll, you know, and say all kinds of nasty stuff and whatever. And it turns out that specifically 3D artists are usually kind of sensitive to their work and to how people appreciate their work or not. And they have a hard time because they post their work on Facebook and people say, oh, it's rubbish or whatever. So it's, it's not that easy, right? It's not. It's absolutely not. And actually, um, you know, thank you for saying that. I think all of this is very important. And I'm honestly really impressed by the community that you build around your channel. And uh, uh, because channel, like a YouTube channel is just like one side of it, as you mentioned. I've, um, I've seen that it's, you know, there, there are clusters of, of people on different other like social channels that kind of, I guess, yeah. uh, meet you through yeah. YouTube initially. I'm not sure, but probably yes. Well, uh, you know, not, not to make it too business-like, but there's kind of a design behind it. Of and, course. 
Yeah, and the idea there is that, and I think this applies to any any business where you want to promote it online, is there's kind of a funnel idea there, right? So you have different platforms where you build a uh, community and you want to drive that community to one point, right? Because from a business perspective, that's your product. Now, now that sounds awful because it's like I'm selling selling YouTube videos and I'm not, right? My model is this, and I actually wrote this down on my channel. I said, my uh, tutorials are free and they always will be, right? I wanna give back to the community, that's why I started doing this. From a YouTube perspective, the money I make off of YouTube, that's like gas money, right? I can hardly pay my gas with what I make off of YouTube. The thing is, of course, a lot of businesses, right? They want to see their product mentioned or their products reviewed or software used or hardware, that kind of stuff, right? Now, I think that's the ideal combination because my viewers get content for free, right? It doesn't cost them a cent. They basically get a free education to a certain point and the corporations pay for it. Kind of neat, right? It's quite neat. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for explaining this. This, I, I guess that explains the model uh, behind it because many people are curious, why do all these YouTubers produce all this content? And if everybody says that advertising on social media doesn't pay a lot, how is the money actually made? It, it doesn't. And um, I think more importantly, uh, I need to explain the difference as an influencer, right? Whether you are in a niche market or not. And I need to explain that. That's kind of how the algorithm works when you're on, for example, YouTube, right? Now, probably everybody in the world knows PewDiePie or Casey Neistat or these guys, right? They got like zillions and zillions of subscribers. I think PewDiePie is like 50 million or something, right? I think so, yeah. Now, of course, he's gonna make tons of money because that's a ridiculous amount of subscribers. Now, if you have a niche market, something that is very specific, in my case, the only people that look at my videos are aspiring 3D artists or 3D artists because it's way too technical for somebody because he's bored, hey, I'm gonna look at a modeling video in Maya, right? Because they have no idea what I'm doing. It's way too specific. So by choosing that topic, you're narrowing down your audience big time. If I want tons of views, I should make videos about, you know, kittens playing piano or something, right? <laughs> because everybody loves kittens playing pianos, which means that your views, they skyrocket, right? You got somebody, you know, falling off a roof into a swimming pool, you get a million views, right? If I put a video up on how to rig a door, right? So you can animate it, maybe you get 3000 views. Way, way different. Now, you can still make money though, because if you're a business and you wanna advertise your product, right? Let's say you sell, I don't know, running shoes, okay? You're a Nike, you sell running shoes, okay? So if you advertise on PewDiePie's channel, who is your target audience? Everybody. So it's not dedicated to runners, right? Mm -hmm, so your ad, your ad, if you put your ad on PewDiePie's channel, the value per thousand views is quite low because mm -hmm. yes, you get thousand views, but from who? And it doesn't hit your target market, right? Now, if you make hardware, high-end hardware specifically for 3D artists and you advertise on a 3D artist channel, the value per thousand views is very high. 
So if you have a niche market on YouTube, you can have more income with 10,000 subscribers than somebody else with 200,000 subscribers. Perfect. Very does interesting. Make, does yes. that make sense? 100%. Yeah, I'm with you on this. And I think it's, it's great that you've explained it uh, because many people nowadays are asking themselves this question, how do I get... And especially like now we're recording this in the middle of lockdown. I hope it's actually closer to the end. <laughs> but I, hope maybe. So. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but still, we are still in the lockdown, and uh, um, and you know, like with this specific uh, uh, situation, many people started uh, looking at at like all the possibilities in the online world, and how do I um, become more location independent? You know, mm -hmm. and how do I become more independent? of my studio, especially if it's a VFX studio, actually, these days. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, so having said what you said, just explained about, you know, monetizing a YouTube channel, um, it's, I guess, kind of at the conclusion that there is still some business for 3D artists that potentially want to, I don't know, teach their skill, but it's still not that easy. Oh, yes. Um... The 3D market is huge. It's huge, huge, huge. And it's getting bigger every day. I mean, a lot of people think that's not the case. It is. But because that business is so big, the demand for quality is going up as well, right? I mean, if you look at a movie from 10 years ago, you know, the special effects would be, eh, okay, based on today's standards, right? Now, looking at the high definition TV that we have now, right? 4K, 8K even, right? People will freeze their TV and they will like, they'll be like pixel peeping, right? <laughs> yes. And they're gonna look at, okay, is that, is that authentic? Is that good, right? So now the studios have the option to choose the best of the best of the best. Because before, you know, if you knew a 3D artist, that would be unique. Because what does a 3D artist do, right? Now there are thousands and thousands because, hey, I get to work from home and I, you know, I can be a YouTuber and all that. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. It is, it is, it's a lot of sacrifice. Now, I got this group on Facebook where there are a bunch of people that wanted to talk more than just leave a comment on my videos. So I started this group like years ago and people will not only ask me, but each other like, hey, you know, how do I make this happen? How do I get hired? Not the 3D art per se, right? But what makes a 3D artist good? Why does that person get hired and why not me, right? And these are interesting discussions. And that is kind of the discussion that goes on in that group, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I see. How did you structure your portfolio? Do you know who the client is? How do you deal with clients as a freelance artist? What if mm -hmm. they don't pay you? Should I work for free? All that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, there are all of these questions and as artists need to improve to actually match the market quality, mm -hmm. also the quality of education needs to improve. And, you know, people, I think, uh, are looking for uh, like getting used to the high end content at mm -hmm. all stages. How hard is it to cope with that? You know, as a content creator, do you... Uh, have you seen that uh, you need also to improve the quality on your side or yeah. you've always set the bar high, high 
what's the how, how has it affected your business okay um <laughs> well the thing is when i started the youtube channel like i mentioned i had a very specific thought behind it right so i was thinking okay who am i making this for right these videos that i make who's going to watch them and who do i want to reach now i specifically want to reach people that have a hard time getting into not only the industry, but getting into training for being in the industry. Because what I said, they don't have the means, they don't, they're living in a remote location, there are no schools, they don't have any money, that kind of stuff, right? Okay, now people that already have a college degree and do have these means, right? And do have that access, they don't need my videos. Okay. Right. So I specifically focus on let's say not all entry level i do intermediate stuff i do some advanced stuff but i always try to explain it as if i were explaining it to somebody that's new in the industry right now now i'm going to say something that people are probably going to hate me for but let's go ton, for it <laughs> there, there are a ton of tutorial channels out there right and the pressure you receive because it's such hard work to grow fast is huge so what a lot of people do is they do topics that are popular, right? They take the latest weapon from a, you know, a game that's just released and that kind of stuff. Now, or they make videos where they show their skills. Now, what's the point of me making a video sharing my skills? How is that going to help you? Right? So my focus is on teaching you how it works. And you need to know how to do it because I already know how to do it, right? And I'm not by any means saying that I'm a great 3D artist. Trust me, I'm not that great, right? I'm okay. You know, not great for sure. Because I cannot dedicate the time to hone my skill to become that great. And I don't want to because that is not my thing. I want to help people. That's my thing. Thank you for saying that. And I think this is the one of the thoughts that I want to... Um, want people to understand from this you can't be both you can't be everything in you can't. it's and it's it's hard so it's hard. hard i mean you asked that quality question right i have this facebook group where i see people posting the most amazing things and i'll i'll, I'll be 100 percent honest with you i sometimes that makes me sad because once upon a time i had the time to do that too I made the choice. I can't, I cannot spend 80, hundred hours on a 3d model. I don't have 80, hundred hours. I spend three, four full days a week making videos. The production time on making a video. I mean, I know everybody thinks, Hey, I'm going to be a YouTuber. That's cool. And I'm going to make a lot of money. Right. The first full year that I was on YouTube. Right. And I worked seven days a week. The first full year, I think I made four hundred dollars, right? Oh my now, God! If, if you want, I mean, can it still be done? Can you still create a YouTube channel? Can you still make your profession out of being a YouTuber? Absolutely, absolutely, right? But the thing is, though, can you do that making three D tutorial videos? That's a different question. What's popular right now is vlogging. The vlogging mm -hmm. is everything. 
I sit behind my desk with my coffee and I watch you live your life in your environment. You live in a mountain somewhere or you do some base jumping or all that kind of cool stuff. And I just sit here and watch. Now that kind of stuff is tremendously cool and people love it. Problem is they're like 20 million people already doing that. Yeah. So I mean, you have to, you have to have a really outstanding something or already a really outstanding following to capitalize on this and make it even bigger. I mean, I, I don't, I want to put it in perspective. I don't want to discourage people because if you have the passion and the talent, you should do this, but I'll give you some numbers, right? So on YouTube right now, there are roughly 260 million channels. Okay. It's quite a few, about 600 hours of new videos every minute, right? That's nuts. Now, how are you going to stick out with your video? Now it becomes worse. Everybody knows the big YouTubers, right? Like I said, PewDiePie and Case Nice and all that. Out of 260 million channels, how many of these have a hundred thousand subscribers or more? Well, I guess 1% or less. Yes. So 99% well, actually it's 0.3 or something. So like 99% of all YouTubers have less than a hundred thousand subscribers. Now everybody is dreaming about the big money, right? I'm going to be famous and I'm going to be uh, what's this guy's name, Logan, whatever. And I'm going to make millions and I'm going to buy a Ferrari and all that. If you want to start to make actual money, money, you're talking about, I don't know, million subscribers and up, right? Now, if there's only 0.3% that has more than a hundred thousand, how many are there that actually have more than a million? So what are your chances? So what I'm saying is if you're going to start a YouTube channel because you want to make it big and earn a lot of money, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, you I got should, the point. Uh, the thing is you should, I always say I make money, not money. I don't make money. I make videos because I have to, that's my passion. I have to do it. Right. And people will say, well, you're doing it for the money. Well, no, I'm not because there are easier ways to make money. Trust me. Mm -hmm. It's a tremendous amount of work, but the community and the contact and the network and the, the possibilities and everything that comes along with it, that's what it makes it worthwhile. Wow. And, and that's why I do it. And I mean, I'm, Typically not your 22 year old 3d artist, as you can tell, I just passed 25, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I had a, a business career of 26 years, right? And I rolled into this. I started, I wouldn't say 3d, but 3d related in 1983. There was nothing, right? I mean, people didn't know what a computer was basically. So if I wanted to play a game, I had to create one. So I'd write my code and I'd create a game and I'd be that nerdy little kid, right? Sitting in his room all weekend, you know, coding away and you see the stupid ball going over the screen, right? <laughs> Simple stuff. So I went a total different way. I went into mechanical engineering and I had this job and consultancy and blah, blah, and all that boring stuff. And then they decided to become an independent consultant and help companies. But I always had in the back of my head, 3D and games and movies and cool, right? And then as an independent consultant, I ran into a company that was in the 3D scene. And I thought, well, this is it. 
this is it, right? And I, you know, everything else is history. So I started focusing on that and on 3D artists and developing my own 3D art. And that's why I told you that I basically started in 1995 with Toy Story 1. And I said, hey, you can do this now, right? Yep. So that's how that came about. Wow, very interesting. So there is another question that I wanted to post here. Um, you know, there is uh, always like, well, you, you kind of partially answer that, but, uh, uh, but still I want to go in that a little more. Um, YouTube versus, let's say, um, any traditional courses. So not even, not even college degree, but also more of a structured knowledge because um, there is a lot of uh, a content that's available on YouTube and then there's there are cheap courses, for example, um, like $10, $20 Udemy courses uh, yeah. or lynda.com and yeah. uh, um, a little bit uh, more upscale online education when you get mentoring and stuff and mm -hmm. uh, uh, when you get uh, personal feedback. Um, do you think one could replace another or they're completely different? Again, a good question. Um, this is something I get asked a lot because I'm sure the, so. they're the people in my group, right? What I hear a lot, and I don't want to disrespect any institution, but what I hear a lot is that people say, I did my bachelor's, I did my master's, I didn't learn anything. Yeah. I, I hear this quite a lot, right? Now, the problem is this, being a 3D artist is not a uh, protected occupation. If you're a lawyer, right, then you pass the bar. Yeah. And then you have proof that you're a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, if you say you're a 3D artist, what constitutes 3D artist? What makes you a 3D artist? Well, the fact that you call yourself a 3D artist. So how is that then um, uh, valued? As soon as somebody starts paying you, then apparently you're okay in what you do, right? So that's kind of the definition of what's a 3D artist. If I make a cube in Maya, am I not a 3D artist? Uh, we can talk about that. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, right? So I have this discussion all the time and I tell people, okay, if you're gonna wait until you're the best of the best of the best of the best and then start to see if you can find a job, you wasted years because like any other occupation, you start somewhere and you're gonna be the junior junior that has to go out and get coffee for the boss, right? But you hear things and you see things and you learn things and you start to develop your career. And if you're eager enough, you'll get there. Now that brings me to the problem with online education. And that's this, um, online education, including mine, right? And including basically all is very much focused on technical skills. Where are the buttons in ZBrush, right? How do I do this, you know, deformation in Maya and so forth? What they don't talk about is how do I find clients? How do I build a business model? How do I do personal branding? How do I network? How do I make a contract? None of that, right? And these business skills should be taught in schools. Now, I talk about this stuff a lot in my videos. And people usually think, eh, you know, show me some 3D stuff. Now, in schools, and I talked with a lot of universities because I work with a lot of universities over the world, right? And I say, why don't you teach the business skills? 
It's so important. And you know what the answer is? Because the students don't want it. It's not cool. The students are attracted to the school because they want to be part of the newest Marvel movie or launch the greatest game ever. If you tell the average 19, 20, 21 year old, hey, we're going to talk about accounting, right? And we're going to talk about, you know, a sales funnel and, and all that kind of stuff. You know what, what they're going to say? I'm going to take my business elsewhere. I'm going to go to a different college. Interesting. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not college that do this, of course. I mean, they're good universities and they do teach this, but a lot of times they don't. Why do some do and some not? Because if you have an accreditation model, you're screened on what you should teach and they look at the quality of what you teach and so forth. This accreditation model is for the most part worldwide, it's not there. Huh. So you can basically offer whatever you want as long as you get clients or students in that are willing to pay the money. But how well are they prepared for the industry once, you know, they're graduated? And that's where a lot of people run into problems because, okay, I'm now graduated. I should be able to work as a 3D artist. Nobody's hiring me. I can't find clients. I can't work freelance and they kind of get stuck. So I believe there's a mismatch between the two. 100%. And um, I just wanted to pull something, uh, something just to show. Um, and I think that illustrates really well what you just said. Uh, actually, by a coincidence, uh, I posted a quick survey yesterday on our uh, Instagram of Art Heroes. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, we basically asked uh, money or fame in a very quick question. And uh, uh, we have 78% money, 22% fame. And I think that's about uh, uh, 300 people answered. So, uh, um, wow. but, but I think the, the thing is, uh, not everybody realizes that money is not only about your skill. Oh, no, not at all. So what you just said, like money is also about the business skills. So knowing how to present your art and it's not mm -hmm. about finding one job, but about constantly proving yourself that you're still mm -hmm. the 3D artist that needs to be hired, that can be hired, and uh, that can win uh, top uh, projects. De definitely. And I, actually, and I, I think it's really cool that you did this uh, on Instagram because you literally said money or fame. I usually don't talk about money. I talk about value, right? There's a difference. I mean, you can have a lot of value in what you do and not make a lot of money. So what's a lot of money? 100,000, 10 million, 50 million, right? It doesn't matter. It's about what you want to do with your life. Now, most 3D artists that I talk to, especially when they're into the art, let's say five years or so, they hit a point when they want to give up completely. They want to walk away from all of it. It's too hard. It's too difficult. You know, I have to learn so much and I can't do it and all that. They lose their motivation because they got this sense in their head that money is the goal, right? Well, if you want to make a lot of money, don't become a 3D artist. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, we hit this. <laughs> no, I mean, it's money is just money. If you want to have a very fulfilling life following your passion where you can be creative and share that creativity with other people and not worry about paying the rent and food and so on, Great. If you want to drive a brand new Mercedes every year, find a different job. 
That's what I'm saying. Money and value are two very different things. I used to walk around in a suit and tie all day long, right? I made a ton of money, literally. It's like, it was like disgusting. That's how much money I made, right? I, I, I'm even ashamed to say it, so I'm not gonna do that. Now, I drive a car that's probably 10% of the value of the car that I had before, but I've never been happier. So the value is not about money. Two very different things. Uh, I think it's really cool that you're saying this because uh, uh, I get an impression that uh, our generation or like this current generation of, uh, of people that are learning and improving is really about designing more their life. It's not actually following the, uh, the, the, the path of uh, school, college, job. Mm. It's literally about making this career change several times and uh, and rethinking yourself across industries and uh, across like the value chain if you want uh, many times so eventually kind of a designing what you want to be and how you want to live your life so like 3d or not it's very important to ask yourself these questions it's it's uh, life by design exactly well it's it's funny because um this ties into an industrial development's going on and it's been going on since I would say late 90s, and uh, I'll illustrate what I mean, right? Before you had the big corporations, and you know about this because you got your MBA and all that stuff, right? So they would, they would get into a room and they would say, okay, we need to design a new product. And they would look at technical specs and functional specs and blah, 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 and more blah, 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 and it would come up with a product. And they say, okay, this is our newest product. What we're gonna do is we're gonna market this product. And we're going to advertise and we're going to do this and that. And so, and we're basically going to say, Hey, consumer, open up your mouth. I'm going to shove this right in it. Right. And you're going to buy it. That is traditionally how the world works. Right. That completely changed with crowdfunding because yeah. Kickstarter, GoFundMe and so forth. Right. So consumers now get to be a part of the process and to have a say in the matter. And by the way, they don't like the big corporations, right? So they see these two guys sitting at their kitchen table with a dream. Hey, we're going to support this guy, right? So what happened is the consumer is now defining the market. They're creating the products and the businesses are following that trend, which changes everything. If you want to work from home, work from home, right? If you want to work on the beach, work on the beach. You can basically do whatever you want because it's all there. It can be technically done. And for companies, it's so cool because they're not making products anymore that they might not sell. They're not stocking products that they might not sell. They ask up front through Kickstarter, hey, you want to buy my product? I know, do you know Peak Design, for example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they came up with this new tripod, right? And I'm a photographer as well. So they came up with their tripod and they basically sold like 40,000 of them before they made one. Now, how brilliant is that? They just, they sell them first and then they start making them. This is so applicable to any technology. And uh, I was just, uh, as we are researching now, we're researching for our uh, new 3D printing uh, program. Um, there's another, you know, Kickstarter boom with 3Doodler. So it's yeah. basically, yeah, the pen, right? You know, yeah, probably. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they netted, uh, yeah, mm. huge amounts also on Kickstarter, and uh, that's that. That was only an indicator how much people wanted this technology to become more, 
household, I guess. And you know what, for me, what the big difference is, why corporations become so successful doing this, it's because of showing their personal identity. I mean, everybody knows IBM, right? IBM mm -hmm. doesn't have a face. There's no face, right? Why was Apple and is Apple so hugely, hugely popular? Steve Jobs, right? He created a face for Apple and people identified, right? And he was all about the design and what people wanted because you have a, you're not buying a phone, you're buying an emotion. That, that was his thing, right? So if you do a Kickstarter project, it's all about the people. It's not even necessarily about the product. I mean, you can buy a backpack anywhere, right? Yeah. You got definitely. these two people that have a dream and they're working so hard and you want to be part of that. And when you get your backpack, you have this fulfilling feeling of, I, I helped them do this. Mm -hmm. Very different world. 100%. So, and this is interesting, you know, like linking this to uh, back to uh, 3D artists. Uh, um, I think you mentioned before that it's really important not only to work on your skill, but also to work on your uh, image and uh, uh, like just stand out from the crowd. You probably also get asked a lot all of these things. Do you, is, there, is there like any specific tip that uh, uh, that you would always give to say like to help uh, an artist to um, be different? Um, yes. <laughs> just be there, different. There is. Well, it's I, I said it reluctantly because. Basically, what I'm going to tell you is kind of what I taught salespeople in the past, right? The thing is this, as a 3D artist, you are not selling a model that you've made. Well, technically you could if you sold it on TurboSquid or whatever, but to get a repeat customer, it's much more than just a model. Do you deliver on time? Is it in the proper quality? Is the price, you know, and so forth. All of these different elements, you know, do you communicate easily? Uh, are you a person of your word? All of this stuff together. So basically, you're not selling just your model. You are selling a service, and the model is part of that service. And you, as a person, the personal brand, which makes you you, that's what you're selling. So you need to create an online presence that suits what you're doing. So... And, um, just to give you an example. Um, somebody says, okay, I want to specialize in uh, medical and scientific uh, uh, visualization uh, animations, right? Okay, and then they put photos on Facebook where they're so drunk that they're puking in a plant somewhere in a room, whatever, and they don't understand that that relates to your personal presence online. And they say, yeah, but that's private nothing's private. Mm -hmm. nope. If your business is online and you're online, it's the same thing. Now, why would I be reluctant to hire you? Because you're a flake, right? I want somebody that's reliable and professional. And notice that I didn't say the word 3D once. Reliable, respectable, professional, in a timely manner. All of these elements make you you, right? Now, Very interesting. And if you, on top of that, are also a good 3, 3D artist, then you get hired. 100%. That's a difference. Yeah. 
we actually, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to one of your community members, but uh, who's also our community member, Brandon yeah. McAfee. So yeah. uh, we had, uh, uh, because we had a conversation with him about that exact topic. And uh, um, like, I will never forget what we came up with that mm -hmm. uh, every 3D artist should basically treat himself as a business. Just your name, like you as an individual, you are the business. And uh, as you said, you're not selling one model, you're selling mm -hmm. a service. So that's 100% true. And uh, yeah, actually, uh, like I mentioned uh, in our, our, our previous chat, is that um, I talked to Brendan about this. I actually saw the podcast, very impressive. Uh, so that's pretty cool. It also ties into what you guys talked about the fact that I just mentioned that everything is now individual, right? Nobody wants off the rack clothing. You want individual style, you want individual expression, you want everything is about the individual, right? So that's part of it as well. So you need to be unique. People ask me, and this, this really happens, right? And it always scares me. People say, Mike, how do we be like you? And I'm like, you don't wanna be like me, trust me, you don't, right? You want to be like you because yes. they're not hiring me, they're hiring you. And keep in mind that there's also a slight age difference between me and most of my students, right? Just a, just a, a smidge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, Mike, as we're uh, rounding this up, I still, like there's still like one uh, little topic that I wanted to cover. Okay. Um, like you share so much knowledge how do you go about your own education or now do you have like a team of people that help you create all the tutorials because there's constantly new things there is constantly new yeah. software and uh, you cover pretty much uh, two huge topics which is animation and modeling most people just stay in one of those you know throughout their career and uh, how do you manage to um, acquire the knowledge and then be able to teach that Right. Um, well, I, I kind of laugh when you said you have a team of people. I wish uh, you, <laughs> you, you, you're looking at it, right? Remember, remember when I told you that you, YouTube pays gas money? So I don't know where to pay that team from. Um, now the thing is, I basically try to do everything there is, right, to a certain level. And that's why I focus on, you know, who needs the videos the most, people that are getting into the industry. So I don't make super complex high-end videos because people that are that level don't need my videos. People that are getting started need my videos. So it's a very generalist approach. I try to um, attack a lot of different software platforms. I think over the years I did like 25 or so, uh, crazy amount. And the way I do that is basically, and I'm not kidding you, I just work seven days a week. You know, I would say I don't sleep much, I work a lot. Uh, yeah, it's just being on it 24-7. And it has to be your passion, otherwise you can't do it. I mean, I wake up in the morning. I was, uh, you know, reading about um, uh, real-time ray tracing, something like this morning at quarter past four. You know, what, wow. what, do you do, what do you do when you're not working? You do stuff that you like. Well, what if the stuff that you do for work is the stuff you like? I guess we got the answer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So uh, what's the hardest thing about being a YouTuber? The hardest thing is um, that people get to comment on what you do or what others do uh, anonymously 
and can basically say whatever they want and they do. And of course, people say it comes with the territory, right? If you can't stand that, don't be on YouTube. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough, right? The thing is though, and I actually did a video about this at some point. I mean, at my age, I don't care. You can say anything you want, right? And I, I kind of put it where it belongs and yeah, you know, whatever, and just keep on going. However, there are a tremendous amount of young people that especially creative people, like I said, they tend to be quite sensitive. They will be so hurt by comments like that, that they will literally walk away from 3D, which is horrible. That's not good at all, right? And that's one of the skills you need to develop, not only as a YouTuber, but also as a 3D artist. What if you put your heart and soul into a model and you show it to the client and the client says, I hate it, right? Is that gonna hurt your feelings? Could be. Probably. And if that's the case, then that's something you need to work on. They, they're not invested in your work the way you are. For you, it's a creative outlet. For them, it's a way to finish their commercial on TV. Right? Mm -hmm. Very different. Very different. Interesting. Thank you so much. It's been so, so, so interesting. But before we Thank actually you. round up, I've yeah. got a small tradition here. And uh, there are <laughs> 10 questions that everybody has to go through. So okay. um, you've got like sure. uh, a phrase or several words to reply to each one of them. So it's okay. just a, a very quick questionnaire. And you're going to ask me to keep it short, right? Yes. Yeah, you know, you know that's hard. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. know you can. All right. Okay, let's, let's Ready? do it. Yep. All right, perfect. So what's your favorite place in the world? Uh, USA. Fine. Uh, while you're working, what are you listening to? Uh, um, Crosby, Stills, Nathan Young. <laughs> what's your favorite way to gain inspiration? Uh, being in nature. Love that. Um, any big life goals? Big life goals. Uh, yes. Uh, be creative, be happy and share with others. Amazing. What's your favorite drink? Uh, Jack Daniels. <laughs> All right. Now you know where my uh, nickname is from, right? No. Oh, Maria JD. JD. Yeah, there you go. Really? Seriously, I'm oh, not kidding. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. I was actually wondering that. Yes, yeah. now you know the answer. Now everybody yeah. knows the answer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So what's the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up? Um, well, besides the obvious, like, you know, washing my hair and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I literally, I just uh, take my dog and go out and check out the weather and see what it's like outside. I'm a real outdoors person, although I spend my entire life behind a screen. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good combination, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, what's your backup career? My backup career? I don't well, know. you already had like several, but like... I, I, I gave up on that one. <laughs> I, I mean, I, for better or for worse, this is it. I, I, I have to do this. I, I just uh, jumped into that big hole that's called 3D and I said, "What? whatever will happen will happen, but I just have to do it. So Perfect. luckily it's still okay. So must yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. recommend me a movie, just like something from your recent favorites. Um, ooh, I, I cannot give you a short answer on that one. That, that would be an hour conversation in itself. 
I, I can tell you my favorite movie though. Uh, that would okay. be Shawshank Redemption. Okay, perfect. Love this yeah. one too. Yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. A, a really good movie. Movie. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, who are some of your legends? I don't know people or personas that you follow. Um, well, there are a number of people, um, and I'll try to keep it related to 3D because you know I'm also a wildlife photographer. So there are a bunch of photographers online that I follow. I would say my uh, big inspiration and one of the reasons why I got into 3D, and it's a kind of a controversial person, but I'm talking about his professional life, is John Lasseter. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know, you know who John Lasseter is, right? Yeah. So, and uh, like I said, I want to focus on his professional career, right? And uh, the, the road that he traveled, he, he actually got fired over it because he made a 3D movie and Disney yeah. fired him. And, uh, but he, he stuck to it and he said, you know, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. And because of him and others, we now have, you know, Pixar, but rather than that, we have a job called 3D artist. And yeah. without him, I think we still would not have that. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. And, uh, the final one, although these days it's pretty hard, but do you have anything on your bucket list? Uh, yes, I do. And I was actually about to do it until this whole lockdown thing happens. Uh, I was supposed to be in Alaska right now, uh, photographing, um, uh, bears. <laughs> oh, wow. Sounds amazing. But I'm yeah. sure it's still, you know, it's still going to happen. Just maybe it's slightly postponed. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. I mean, you we'll know, see. the world's kind of upside down right now, but, uh, yeah. But that's been on my bucket list for a while. And uh, I actually booked the trip and then had to cancel it. So, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Well, you know, like, that's good to know. That's actually, and also taking action on your bucket list. Good job on that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Oh, always. It's, always. It, yeah. It's always important to stay flexible as well. So we'll just uh, keep on going until we get to Alaska. That's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Mike, thanks again. Uh, thanks so much. Seriously, it's, uh, um, I really appreciate you sharing all the insights. I know that uh, for many, it's a total, you know, like the insider's perspective on, the, on how it feels and looks like when you're running a, a niche YouTube channel. So uh, really appreciate you coming and, uh, you know, thanks so much. Well, thank you. I mean, uh, I, uh, I think it's a real honor and I'm happy you asked me. So thanks again. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Right. Bye. <laughs> See you. Bye. Wow. So many insects, right? I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. But wait, before you leave, today I've got a special goodie for you. Arturo's Academy has just launched a 3D printing program for artists specifically. It teaches everything like all the steps you need to know to 3D print anything from ZBrush and bring it to your desk. And if you use coupon code podcast on the checkout, you'll get an extra 10% off. Yeah even off early bird rate, which is valid until Saturday this week. All right, guys, I'll leave you with the discount code right here in the show notes and see you next week. Thanks for listening to Art Heroes Podcast. Check out www.artheroes.co for show notes, more interviews and free tools made for you by our team of mentors. Tune in next week for more inspiration and keep up the great work, hero.